0: Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now, with your host, Peter Miller.
1: Welcome, and today we're going to talk to Jeremy with regards to a couple of organizations he's involved in. And let's start, uh, first of all, with your academic background, Jeremy.
0: Sure, Peter. Thanks for having me. Um, so my academic background is that I went to uh, University of Western. Um, I studied BMOS, or just like their regular business program.
1: Okay. What about your work experience?
0: Um, so after I graduated from Western, I worked for a couple of different companies doing software sales. Um, so the first one was called Achievers, uh, which was a human resources uh recognition and rewards software. Um, My degree was actually specializing in human resources. So it seemed like a good fit. I worked there for just under a year and I was actually laid off from that job. And then I went to work at salesforce.com, the big software company, um, which was a a really cool place to work. And then um, I actually quit there and then I started my own company. Um, That was the one that got into Y Combinator. Uh, with a couple of partners. That one was called um, Registry Love, uh, which was another quick, uh, quick and short business that lasted for just a couple of months uh, in California, where we raised a bunch of money from some investors. Um, and once I left that, um, came back to Toronto, did some work for Bruce Power, which is the large nuclear generating company uh, in their electricity uh, trading division, basically. Uh, that was for about two years, and then after that is when I started Potech Power, uh, which is the energy consulting company. Uh, that's been seven years now. I also have a property tax consulting company, which is very similar on a contingency basis. That's newer. And then I also started Local Lab, um, which you know is hopefully going to be funding some cool businesses.
1: Okay, let's go through those one by one. Let's start with the first one. Achievers. So tell me about that one.
0: Um, Achievers was a recognition and rewards software company. So uh, if you did good work, your manager could go into this software platform and say, "Peter, great job today. Here's you know 500 points, or you know five dollars, or some." Amount of money for doing a good job, and it was a public recognition program. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting idea. They ended up getting acquired many years later for, um, I think, um, a disappointing price in, in their eyes or in the eyes of, of many of their employees. Um, but it was a, an interesting learning experience just to get into the sort of the inside sales role, learn about corporate bureaucracy and stuff like that.
1: Oh, I was. Talking about the three that you've been involved in.
0: Oh, yeah, that's more interesting. (laughs) Um, So Potech Power is energy refunds. We help to find overcharges or mistakes on your power bills. We will then get you a refund on a contingency basis. If we don't get you a refund, everything is free. We've been featured in uh, a bunch of media articles and things like that. We've done over $100 million of refunds for a lot of uh, large businesses, multi-residential hospitals, universities, uh, various different uh, industries all across Ontario. That's my, I guess, my my bread and butter, my biggest business, um, and uh, continues to to go till this day.
1: So is that an expense reduction business?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, there's a couple of elements to it. Like, it's predominantly, we look back at your historical builds. We find any time that you had been overcharged by your power company, and then we demand that they give you back the money that they overcharged, and then we take a percentage of that. Often when we do that, you'll also enjoy um, not being overcharged in the future, so it would also reduce your expenses going forward. Um, So it's a a little bit of both.
1: Doesn't include telecommunication, I guess.
0: So I actually uh, have a partner, a friend, uh, who runs a similar business in Ottawa, um and he does the same thing for telecommunications he's uh, he's been doing it for i think 50 years um same thing contingency basis it's 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 different right it it's a more legacy business so new companies aren't spending quite as much money on their uh, telecommunications anymore but if you're a, an older company with lots of seats right lots of employees then then yeah you might be overcharged for your telco
1: especially in terms of Rogers
0: Especially Rogers, especially Bell—they all do it. Um, and I think what he finds—he's got you know the the specific experience in this space, but he knows you know are you still paying for things like switches? Um, are you still paying for just legacy physical equipment that doesn't even exist anymore in the in the new world? And um, if you're still paying for those, oftentimes you shouldn't be, and and he can get you a refund.
1: Okay, let's talk about the new organization.
0: Sure, Local Lab. Um, what is so it, sorry? What is it? Yeah, local lab is, uh, it's an accelerator program. So we've got some office space. We've got some money earmarked to invest into these companies. Uh, we've got some cool mentors lined up to help the companies, uh, with whatever kind of industry expertise that they need. I would also hopefully provide some, some useful mentorship. Um, and so we're just trying to connect, you know, small early stage companies to the resources that they need, whether it's cash space, advice, mentorship, um, and help them to get off the ground because having been there a, a couple of times, you know, sometimes failing, sometimes succeeding, I know what it's like. Um, and I find that there are, you know, some resources, uh, in Ontario and in Canada, but they oftentimes seem to be, um, associated with a big business, right? So it's like Fido or Bell's accelerator program, or, you know, there's the Ryerson DMZ, um, know there's lots of them that exist some of them are cool some of them do good work um but almost all of them are associated with some sort of large organization which inevitably just causes them to have some sort of bias um and so we're trying to be unbiased we're trying to just have a good time fund cool startups and and cool entrepreneurs um and so you know it can be a little bit more unconventional less traditional you don't need to have the um the candor necessarily that some of those organizations might require. Um, So, yeah, we're trying to find, I guess, the diamonds in the rough uh, and fund them and and help them get started.
1: And how do you reach out to uh, let them know that you exist? Because obviously a lot of people don't know you
0: yet. Yeah, that's a a great question, and, and that's, you know, Thankful to be on, on your show and hopefully uh, we'll be hitting some of the right people who are starting companies, but we've, um, so we did some social media advertising through, you know, Instagram and Facebook and things like that. Um, I have someone who's helping me with uh, public relations. So we've been featured in, uh, I'm not sure if that's how you heard about us, but we were in um, like a syndication through the Toronto Star and Metroland, uh, the Thornhill Post and a couple of other um, uh, papers like that. Um, and yeah, we're, we're continuing to do outreach. So we've had a, a pretty good, um, response so far. We've got over 55 applications, um, which is roughly in line with what my expectations were. I'm, I'm certainly hoping we continue to get more. Um, obviously if we're trying to find the best small, uh, companies, the more applications, the better, the more people who know about us, the more likely, uh, we'll get applications that are uh, what we think are kind of cool businesses. Um, so we're still working on that, but uh, that's how we've been getting the word out so far.
1: So what's the program, if somebody is accepted into the program?
0: Yeah, so uh, I guess a little bit of background is that I was in Y Combinator, which is the accelerator out of uh, Silicon Valley, which is, you know, supposed to be one of the best in the world. Um, so I'm going to do my best to make it a lot like that. Um, now, I don't promise that it will be as good as that, because we're new, and and. Uh, maybe don't have uh, the resource that they do, but I'm going to take a lot of cues from what they did. So things like having a weekly dinner with all the uh, companies, um, things like having office hours with the mentors that they can set themselves up a time and and ask for advice and things like that. Uh, It'll culminate at the end with a demo day uh, where we'll gather up a bunch of investors who are looking to invest in small companies uh, like the ones through the batch. They'll do a very quick presentation of their business and their startup And then we'll help them, you know, through the negotiations with those uh, investors afterwards as well. Um, And then there'll be, you know, programming throughout the time. So we've got a couple of um, folks who are sort of lined up to help do like lunch and learns, teaching you about uh, B2B sales marketing or uh, with law firms who will help you get your incorporation documents in order. Uh, Just like the things that, you know, a really early stage company might need help with. Um, I'm just kind of using my network and, and folks in the community. Uh, who are willing to donate their time and, and help these guys out, uh, which you know seems to be like a lot of a lot of people are willing to do that. Um, so we're just going to try and set them up with all the all the resources that would be helpful to them in a in a time efficient manner, so that they can avoid some of the mistakes that are commonly made by by startups and you know really focus their time on the things that are going to achieve the results for them. Uh, especially after you know my time in in California, I was I was really young. That was in 2012. Um, and I, when I look back on the whole process, even though we had, you know, amazing mentorship and, and stuff like that, at the end of the day, it, it felt like a lot of spinning my wheels. Um, and you know, that's startup life and, and that's going to happen to everyone, but, uh, we're going to try and enable them, uh, so that, you know, their hard efforts get rewarded and, and hopefully they can get some traction for their company and stuff like that.
1: So Y Combinator I've heard of, is it different from Singularity? University,
0: yeah, yeah, they're different ones. Um, Singularity, I think, is more academic. I'm not, I'm not super uh, familiar with Singularity. When I was in Y Combinator, they gave us an investment of twenty thousand dollars from them, like from Y Combinator, the organization. That's for seven percent. It's it's all different now, um, and then they also facilitated convertible debt for a hundred grand. So they give us hundred and twenty thousand um, bucks with very few strings attached. And then we were able to um, have office hours with some really, really, you know, smart guys like Paul Graham, Sam Altman, uh, Gary Tan was probably my favorite one. He was just like a startup design everything kind of a genius guy. Um, and when you go and sit down with these guys for an hour, um, it's it's wild. Like they're they just have so much knowledge um, that they're able to just transfer over to you. Um, And then throughout the program at Y Combinator, because they were sort of the most well-connected investors in the Valley, um, they would bring in for the lunch and learns, the people who they brought in were like, you know, super uh, well positioned. So, you know, um, Ben Silberman, the founder of Pinterest, came and spoke to us. Um, Brian Chesky, the founder of Airbnb, and and both of those companies went through Y Combinator as well. Uh, Peter Thiel, a legendary investor. Um, So it was... uh, pretty cool experience and, and definitely learned a lot and was just exposed to um, like some of the guys in my batch. So the other startups in the program during the same year as me were Instacart, a food delivery company, um, Zapier, which is an API connections company, Coinbase, the, the wallet, uh, the coin wallet. So really, really smart people, um, crazy learning experience for me. Um, and, and obviously, you know, the company that I started there didn't work out. Um, but uh, those lessons will, will kind of last me a lifetime. And, and also just being around people who are accomplishing so much, I find, uh, can be extremely motivating as well.
1: So have all your businesses, that see, who started been successful?
0: Certainly not, no. Um, not that one. Uh, the, it gives an online gift registry. Um so that one failed just after a couple of months. We sort of spent all the money that they invested in us and, and stopped working on the project, just determined that it wasn't gonna work out. Um and I had some other, you know, much smaller ventures previous to that in university and stuff like that, which you know were kind of so-so. They didn't, you know, lose money, but they just didn't make a lot of money. Um and then Potech Power has been working out um MPAC refunds, so that's property tax refunds um that one's off to a a slow start but it is it is working and it will work um and then local lab i I have no idea if that one's going to work or not
1: okay so having said that do you have boards of directors for local lab or how does that work
0: no so the governance is really um unconventional in the sense that it's self-funded so it's just my money um and there's there's no panel there's uh, you know, I, I have a trusted network of friends and and you know business people who I find very smart, who I'll often call on to help advise me. Um, so, for example, if there's a music-related startup, um, I'll, I'll call on you know some of the people in my network who are really wise and have a lot of experience in the music world, um, stuff like that. But in in terms of like formal hierarchy, uh, there is none. It, it's just me.
1: Okay. So, having said that. Where do you see this organization three years from today?
0: Uh, so we're, I mean, I'm really trying to go along the path of Y Combinator in the sense that I think they started in 2005 in Boston. Uh, their first batch had um, Reddit. Uh, that was one of the companies that was in their very first batch. It was like, you know, in their tiny office, they were nobody. Um, obviously they had had some exits and done well personally, but the, the idea and the concept of their program was super small. Um, And so hopefully we can have a trajectory similar to that in that if we can fund some really cool startups, you know, this year um, and then catch a little bit of momentum, if that happens, we'll get more and more applications over the years, be able to fund bigger and cooler startups over the time. Um, And then, I mean, ideally, or or I'd love to just continue to self-fund it. uh, Certainly the other option would be, I could um, take investments from, you know, investors or, or people in the community um and, and try to grow the program in that way. Um, so it's it's kind of up in the air. there's there's not a a huge uh, master plan for it. And the reason why I started Local Lab is, um, I just found that with potech power um, and and MPAC refunds, it's um, it's cool work. You know, we're helping people and and making money and all that, but it's not um, it's not that much fun in my opinion. Um, it's very analytical and and you know sales driven as well. And so with this program, I kind of just reflected on my life and, and thought, you know, what is it that I want to do that's going to give me energy um, at the same time as giving back to the community and helping people and all that kind of stuff. And that's why I realized that, you know, I love startups. I love software. Um, I love working with, with young people who are, you know, super ambitious and and uh, green, if you will. And, and uh, you know, they've got huge ideas and and uh, they're just going to figure it out. That's that's the most fun part of any business to me. Um, so I wanted to get involved uh, back in that space. I, I didn't think that I was necessarily going to start up a, a new venture or a software thing, um, but why not You know, stay involved and uh, continue to do the stuff that I really enjoy, um, but from a more advisory investment-style position? And so that's the genesis of, of Local Lab, is it's a lot of just how do I do um what i think is going to be fun while giving back to the community and and helping other people as well
1: so jeremy the process of approving an applicant what are you looking for in terms of an applicant and how long does it take till approval
0: yeah so the the process um is is quite simple so on the website there's an application which is about 20 or 25 questions um basic Basic questions Who are you? What do you do? Who are your competitors? What have you done in the past? What are your goals? What's the total addressable market? You know, like almost like what a startup deck should be. But uh, again, I realize that these companies are super fresh and they might not know what a startup deck should look like or any of that stuff. And that's also what I'll help them with throughout the program. So it's just to kind of get to know you. Who are you? What do you do? What do you want to do? um, Fill out and answer all those questions to the best of your ability and then we're targeting to have the program start uh, in September, so at the end of August, and we'll basically be reaching out. We've already reached out to everyone who's applied so far. Um, Some of them you know, I've gone and had conversations with if if I thought their applications were quite interesting. I'll just begin to build a relationship with them and get to know them. Um, We did push back the the deadline by about a month, so um, everyone's kind of on ice waiting to see if they'll get um, accepted, but you know we're we're hoping that we're going to get a bunch more applications, and then we'll make our final decisions in the back half of August.
1: Okay, now you've said the word we. So are others involved in this process?
0: Um, again, there are, there are some of the mentors and, and some of the folks who I use, um, you know, who work with me as kind of advisors. So I'll, I'll show them the interesting applications in in their vertical. Um, and then ask for their advice. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a few people who are looking at some of the applications, some of them just me. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a, we've got a little bit of a team. Uh, the mentors are listed on the website and there's actually a couple more who are gonna be listing on there soon, um, who you know, I think are all pretty respectable people in the community who have you know, given me good advice over the years. And some of them who are, who are you know, folks who weren't necessarily in my network beforehand and who reached out and said that they wanted to get involved. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're open to that as long as um, you're you're going to add some value to the companies. So
1: when you look at a new venture, and I, I've looked at 720 yep. during, during my uh, career, um, are you looking to take a percentage equity in the business?
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, right now we're basically offering to invest $35,000 for between 1% and 3% of the company. Uh, so it's a really, gen- in my opinion, an extremely generous uh, valuation. And part of the reason for that is, um, you know, we don't necessarily have a track record. We are not Y Combinator at this time, um, because they would take, you know, an order of magnitude more for, for a lot less money. But we acknowledge that. And um, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a really generous valuation today. Um, but, you know, should the company succeed then hopefully it will look back and it won't be a, a, a generous valuation. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a positive, some world out there. Um, some of the companies that local lab invests in are going to succeed. Some of them are not going to succeed. That's, that's the reality of startups. Um, but yeah, when, when I kind of was thinking about, you know, how to structure the investment Um, I looked to Y Combinator, um, and I, I just decided that I, you know, we'll make it super generous. Uh, there are other opportunities down the line, right? So as I work with the companies, get to know them, um, over the couple of months that the program exists, I'll really get a feel for who I think is going to succeed, watch their traction grow. And that's a lot of how Y Combinator works as well. Um, is the partners and, and the mentors at Y Combinator. Will find who they think are the best companies, and before demo day ever happens, they're investing more money in their favorite startups. Um, so, for example, your Coinbase's or your companies that are worth you know tens of billions of dollars today, uh, back then they were investing you know a million bucks for ten percent or something like that. Um, and so those are the bets that probably pay off a lot heavier than the original uh, one one or three percent. Um, but it's it's just part of part of the Part of the program, and and um, yeah, it's it's not. I think if if I was a gambling person, um, and you asked me, is Local Lab going to make money on the first batch? Uh, first of all, we won't know the answer to that for probably five to ten years, and, and second of all, I would say it's unlikely. Um, but uh, it's it's about having fun. It's about building the brand. Uh, it's about you know doing cool stuff and and helping the companies.
1: Okay, Jeremy. Let's talk about who can be included as an applicant. And who is going to be excluded as an applicant?
0: Good question. So um, I would encourage anyone to apply. Um, now, the only businesses that would make sense for local lab to invest in are going to be what can potentially be scalable businesses. Um so that's why I, I, there, there's a focus on software. Um, but we're not including or excluding anyone off the bat. Um, however, if the company in, if you ask the founder of the company, what's the best case scenario and for them, the best case scenario is, you know, making a hundred thousand bucks a year or even making like a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, that's, you know, that's awesome for them and I hope they succeed, but that's what we would define as a lifestyle business. Um, and so those aren't fundable from a venture capital perspective. And unfortunately I couldn't invest in those companies. But again, you know, part of what I learned in Y Combinator, I don't know if you've ever heard the the genesis story of Airbnb, but uh, they had a different startup and they were advertising the air bed and breakfast thing as a side hustle um, to fund their other company. And it was during the uh, Obama, the first Obama election, I believe, where hotels were selling out across the board and they were offering their air bed and breakfast service for in people's homes And eventually they realized, Hey, maybe this is the business. Um, and so my point is, I think a lot of it is about who are the founders and obviously they need to have big aspirations and be super ambitious. Um, so it's not just about the idea, um, but is an extremely ambitious founder who's very competent and smart and who, you know, can hopefully take over some segment of the business world. Um, so that's really what we're looking for. Um, and again, you know because we do have this office space and because we're trying to foster a community, um, we're gonna favor companies who are local or, or folks who would who would come to Toronto. Uh, but that's not mandatory.
1: Okay. will that include nonprofits, charities, and social enterprises?
0: Definitely, it would. Um, but, it wouldn't include a lifestyle charity or a lifestyle social enterprise. And and what I mean by that is, um, you know, there, there are some charities that are massive financial businesses, if you will. Um, so if you look at something like Salvation Army, it's a a massive multi-billion dollar organization. They've done an incredible job. Um, and so something like that, um, it, it could be, And I've also considered um, actually starting some charities of my own specifically regarding um, things like access to information requests um, and transparency, Uh, because through Project Power, I do file a lot of these requests to get power bills of public institutions and things like that. Um, And I believe that um, sunlight is the best disinfectant for things like political corruption, among other things. Um, So I I have a soft spot for, for certain charities and certain ideas. And I would be willing to fund some of those, um, you know, notwithstanding the financial implications. Um, if there's someone who is super, super sharp and and is looking to do something, you know, unique, um, then, then I would absolutely consider them. But again, it, it can't be, it needs to be something that's conceivably scalable. Somebody who has a, a large ambition with their charitable ideas. Um, and then, you know, to, to point back to why Combinator they've, they've funded some, some really cool 501 C3, like American style charities. Um, yeah, there's there's a huge, huge opportunity there that I think people are not taking advantage of. But again, back to my, you know, the capitalist side is um, it, it needs to be a charity that's not going to rely on things like government grants. It needs to have a business model of its own. It can't just be, hey, we're applying to grants and we're going to get this credit and that credit because there's no way that that can be sustainable. Um, so it needs to have sort of like a business model on its own. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the, if the founders... Aren't intending on, you know, getting rich from the equity of their charity, and they're going to give it all back. More power to them.
1: Is it a requirement that they have an equity position when they apply? Do they have so to they put don't. funds in? To the uh, uh,
0: no, they don't. No, nope, no. Nope. We've had people apply that are just ideas. I mean, you know, certainly. Um, the reason why it's kind of hard for me to invest in something that's just an idea is like, you know, let's say the person says, Hey, I'm, I'm currently working my job at Google. And if you give me 35 grand, I'll start this company. Is that, you know, how, how much commitment is there really to that company? And when the 35 grand is done, will they continue to work on that company or will they go back to their job? So a lot of it is, is understanding how committed to your idea you are. Um, but that doesn't mean money. Uh, it does, you know, you might be coming from a place where you don't have money to invest in your company or, or something like that, and that's fine.
1: So it's sweat equity that you're really looking
0: for? Sweat equity, elbow grease, all those um, unhygienic alliterations we like. Okay.
1: Well, Jeremy, uh, I think you provide a lot of opportunity for people to consider. How do people reach out? What's the website for this business?
0: Yeah, so it's localab.ca um you'll see there's the application on there information about the program the mentors the timeline um and yeah we encourage everyone to to tell their friends get their applications in and and hopefully we can invest in you
1: okay you better spell it local
0: lab sure it's l-o-c-o so it's like loco like crazy in spanish uh lab l-a-b dot ca terrific
1: thank you for your time this afternoon you're, uh, you're giving back, and that's uh, what's important.
0: Appreciate it, Peter. Thank you.